Welcome. My name is Seppi, rhymes with Peppy, and you're listening to the She Hit Refresh podcast, a podcast for women age 30 and up who want to break free from routine and start a life of travel, specifically women who want to move abroad or travel the world long term. You'll hear on this podcast as I sit down with women who have made their refresh dreams come true and discuss how and why they were able to do so. I myself moved from Texas to Spain in 2015 at the age of 35. I'm now 42, and I have to say it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I'm still here in Spain and loving the life that I've built. And if you're looking to do something similar... I help women just like you make a life abroad a reality. We have so many resources for you, including this podcast, our website, shehitrefresh.com, our retreats, uh, which we just had our retreat on the last week of April in Mija, Spain. It was amazing. Stay tuned for a recap episode and our Facebook group. This podcast is actually an extension of that Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash she hit refresh. We have almost 9,000 members worldwide there. So come join us and get even more information and inspiration on how you too can hit refresh. One other resource that I have is my book, I'm Out of Here, an American's ultimate visa guide to living in Europe. So if you're looking to move to Europe long-term, please check it out because this book is the ultimate guide for those who want to move to Europe, but feel completely lost, frustrated, or stuck with their visa options. So I did the research and went through 44 European countries and narrowed it down to the 17 easiest countries that you can move to that have viable visa options. You'll find info about each country, over 50 visa options, and details on 35 cities to relocate to. It's literally everything you need to know about finding the right visa and location in Europe for you to start your new life in, one that's feasible and the right fit for you. So get your copy today and start planning your exit strategy. You can purchase the digital book at shehitrefresh.com. You'll see the book info on our homepage, and you can also find a link to it in our show notes. All right, let's get to today's episode. We have another fabulous guest for you today on the podcast. Today, Christine Job, who's 35 years young, originally from Atlanta, but after experiencing a severe bout of burnout, she took the leap abroad and landed in Spain, where she has been flourishing ever since. She joins us today to share her story and chat about living abroad as a pathway to wellness. She's a business strategist and host of the Flourish in the Foreign podcast, which elevates and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad. As a business strategist, she helps Black women and women of color leverage their talents and expertise into viable and sustainable online businesses. She believes that you can be both professionally fulfilled and financially abundant when you pursue a thriving life abroad. Tune in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Christine, welcome to the She Hit Refresh podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on. I know we have been in contact behind the scenes for, I want to say, over a year about having you on. So I'm excited that we're finally recording this episode because I think you have an incredible story that I cannot wait to share with our listeners. 
So why don't we kind of take it from the top? Can you let our listeners know about where you're from, your age and what you do? Yeah. Hey, everyone. I am Christine Job. I am 35 years old. I'm originally from Atlanta, currently based in Valencia, sometimes Barcelona, and I'm a business strategist. So I help Black women, women of color leverage their talents and their expertise into viable businesses and really businesses that give them the financial abundance and also professional wellness to go abroad and, and, and thrive abroad. And so that's what I do. But I also have a podcast called Flourish in the Horn. Fabulous. And I definitely want to get into your work and what you do. But how about we take it back and talk about your life, your refresh to Spain? I would love to hear kind of at the beginning of that, you know, what you were doing in life at the time before you moved to Spain. How old were you when you moved to Spain? Why Spain? And how were you able to even move here? I decided to move to Spain in 2017. So I've been here for five years. And so leading up to moving, to Spain was chaos, just chaos, right? I had graduated from law school a couple years before and I had decided to go rogue and not be a traditional lawyer and go into startups. And that was amazing. And then I decided to then become an entrepreneur and I returned to Atlanta to do that. And I was really locked and loaded into toxic American grind culture. And even I would say like toxic achievement cycle, like culture where you're like, you have to achieve something. Once you achieve something, it doesn't really matter. And you have to keep on going. And so I found myself really spinning my wheels for a really, really long time, trying to obviously be a successful entrepreneur. I was doing business consulting, but also having this deep sense of just dread and overwhelm of being like, something is not right. And I don't like what is happening. Like, I just don't jive with what I'm supposed to be liking or what I'm supposed to be achieving. All my friends are attorneys. They're all, you know, climbing that ladder. And it's amazing. And I had already decided I didn't want to do that. And then all my entrepreneur friends are out there being like, yeah, no sleep grind, cut it, kill it, you know, culture. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be an entrepreneur like that either. Like this isn't, this isn't fulfilling for me. And I think at that time being sold that American dream of like achievement, achievement and go to college, go to law school, go do this. I was exhausted. I was super exhausted. In hindsight, I definitely was burnt out, but I didn't have the language for it. I had no idea that, you know, the symptoms I was feeling and the thoughts I was thinking, like, that's depression, that's anxiety. And so I, I started really thinking about wanting a different lifestyle. Now, before I even really had come to moving, moving abroad, like it had always been like a dream of mine. And it always seemed like it was out of my grasp. I actually walked the Camino de Santiago in 2014. I, I walked it kind of on a whim, which is not how I recommend anyone walking the Camino de Santiago. But I had a job offer to Kuala Lumpur that fell through. And I had already packed up all of my things. And <laughs> I was like, where am I going to do? What, like, what, what am I going to go? What am I going to do? And so on a whim, I decided to walk the Camino de Santiago within like a month's notice in 2014. I did that. 
walked across Spain for 33 days. And that is what really planted the seed for moving to, to Spain because I said, wow, this was a life affirming uh, a trip. And also I, I love this country. This is beautiful. So then when it came to it, I, I guess I really came to a breaking point a few years after I walked the community of Santiago. I said, I need a break. I don't, I just can't do this. So I have to leave. I don't know how I'm gonna make it happen, but I gotta go. So I actually came across the auxiliar program and said, I've never taught anyone anything in my life, <laughs> let alone children. And decided, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to take a sabbatical, I'm going to get some rest, and then I'll make a decision from there. And so in 2017, I moved to Spain, I got some rest. It, it didn't necessarily actually turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out, but I decided to stay. And I've been here for, for the past five years, really enjoying uh, the lifestyle. Love that. Oh my gosh. What a journey. So you walk the Camino de Santiago. Love that. And for those who may not be familiar with that, it's a very popular pilgrimage here in Spain, in the north of Spain, uh, that many people do uh, throughout the year. Uh, that's incredible that you did that. And I know that it's a very special trip for those who are able to do it. I know that a lot is uncovered, a lot comes up, a lot of realizations. It's something really special. So if anyone out there is thinking about it, if you talk to anyone who's done it, I know I'm sure you say that to Christine. Everyone's like, do it. Oh yeah. The Camino is, well, let me, let me also say to everyone, I really didn't prepare for the Camino. And this was before I think the Camino got super, super popular. I think there was one movie out at the time. I, I didn't watch that. I had no idea what the Camino really was until I was on the Camino. Like I was like, oh, pilgrimage. Interesting. Oh, wait, how long is this walk? Oh, 800 kilometers. Oh, wow. It was really, really on a whim, which is actually very against my nature, but it was exactly what I needed. It was an amazing month-long active meditation, and I met the most incredible people, but truly, it taught me so much about myself. A lot of stuff that I had been compartmentalizing came up, and I had to deal with it. And, and so I'm enjoying, you know, the Spanish, you know, landscape and the Spanish wine <laughs> and, and having a good time. But I really understood something quite important about myself, which was I need to live a life uh, that was definitely a slower pace and that I could do, you know, anything, even the things I had no idea what to do, you know, kind of bumbling along the Camino Santiago. I it was really important for me to have that experience. And I think that experience I definitely took to moving and living abroad because that is an entire beast in, a, in and of itself. And I knew that once I walked into Santiago, I was like, okay, I can do anything. It may take me a long time. I might have some busted feet and knees and things like that. <laughs> I might be slow, but I, I can definitely persevere. So for anyone who's thinking about it, it is a life enhancing experience, you should definitely, definitely do it. That is wonderful. And you also, as you mentioned, did the auxiliary program. Uh, that's a very popular program 
here in Spain. I actually did it myself as well. So that's a program for our listeners out there uh, to come be a language assistant for native English speakers, uh, come to Spain um, and work in a, can be a primary school, secondary school. I did it in 2006 in Cordoba. And then when I moved to Madrid in 2015, I did the program again at 35. So when you did the program, were you just coming for kind of a year off or did you have intentions of maybe staying in Spain longer? Really, I, I wanted to move abroad, but I had no idea. So I thought that the Auxiliar program could be a helpful stepping stone. But truly, my, my intentions weren't really past just taking a sabbatical and taking a break. So when I, I arrived to Spain, one, I was placed in La Rioja, which is the smallest comunidad in uh, Spain. Excellent wine great wine region. But my my expectations were just like, I'm going to chill out. But then I walked into my elementary school that I was placed and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm teaching small children from three years old to 12 years old. And that was such an incredible experience for me. I only did it for one, one year and I, I felt like that was enough. But it was really great, right? I was placed in a school that when I told the locals, they were like, oh, you're in the immigrant school. And I was like, what, is that? what does that mean? And it turned out to be the black and brown school. Like that was where first generation, second generation, third generation, Pakistani, Nigerian, Moroccan kids like all attended. And it was fascinating because they were like, one, they had never had a teacher of any color, let alone a black American teacher. They were like, Wow. So you're telling me you're American, but you're black. Okay. And you speak English fluently. Fascinating. Oh, and you were a lawyer, you know, at one time in your life. Amazing. Right. So for me, that was really special because, you know, I'm there to try to rest and recover from burnout. And I'm also being an affirming force for some of these kids who will never you know, ever have from, from my point of view or, or from, from my experience with them, they will never again have a teacher that looks like them. They will never have someone that's going to like affirm them in that way. So that was a very special time for me. And so I found though that, you know, as you know, the auxiliar program, or at least in La Rioja, is only 12 hours a week, which is fascinating, right? Like when I told my friends, they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, doesn't that sound great? And they're like, that sounds like, what are you going to do for the rest of your time? And at first I was like, I'm going to just relax. But I actually recognized living in La Rioja, being an auxiliar, that the mere moving from Atlanta to Lagronio and living a 12-hour life, and that was amazing, <laughs> it didn't actually tamp down any of my anxiety. I would work and I would go to school and I would do that. And then I would think like, what am I doing with my life? I'm not as productive as anyone else. Uh, I'm not busy like all my friends. And it was really interesting because like you kind of mentioned, I had a general intention of wanting to stick around, but I didn't have an intention on what that was going to look like. I definitely moved to Spain in a sense with like a little bit of escapism. I just needed the feelings of overwhelm, of confusion, of like, I don't subscribe to this, like, crazy, you know, grind culture to stop, but I didn't have an intention or vision of what would a life of my own design look like and what do I want to do with my time? And so given all of the free time, 
you know, 12 hours a week. And I only worked three days a week too. So that was like, what do you do with like, your time? It gave me a little bit more anxiety, oddly enough. And it wasn't until I actually took the time to not only be super grateful that I had the opportunity to, to ponder and to really contemplate life and to really write down what is it that I want from this life? What is it that I really want from this experience that my one experience in Spain really became amazing as opposed to just being like, this is cool, you know, drinking wine on a terrace, but it really turned to something really special. And then it really turned to something that was sustainable, right? I always say on, on my show, it's definitely not about going abroad or just being abroad. Like that's for IG. It's about thriving abroad. And I had to really get to know who I was and what I really wanted in this next chapter of my life. Not in general, right? Not just vibes, not just like, I just don't want to be part of toxic American culture. I want to be, you know, relaxed. Like I need to decide how I wanted to spend my time, my resources, my life. Like, what did that look like? If not hour by hour, but like, what did, what is that going to be? What are my activities? And once I started to do that, which required, you know, some honesty to be like, okay. And some bravery because it was, it was not going to be like anything that I had grown up to uh, want and to achieve. It wasn't going to look like what my friends back at home wanted and they were striving for. It was really going to be a life of my own design. Once I decided to do that, everything really changed for me. And then I decided to really stick around. Wow. Oh my gosh. And how did you do that? Because you said you were only in the program for one year. And I know options can feel limited if you come over here as a U.S. citizen, you teach English, and then, you know, there are different visa paths, but not everyone has the same options. So how did you find a way to stick around in Spain? Yeah, I'm a hustler. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing about, I guess, American culture. I'm a hustler. And so I, I moved to La Rioja. I was an auxiliar, but I was really adamant on finding another way to support myself and to live. And so I actually lived in a building. There was a gestor and a, a lawyer and a gestor is kind of, is kind of like an accountant lawyer kind of person here in Spain. And I, I pitched them. I was like, hey, you guys, you need anyone to translate your documents into English. And they're like, oh, you're a certified translator. I was like, nope, but you, I could work with you under the table. But so needless to say, they were like, no, we are professionals, <laughs> you know, but I was, I was always like kind of on the hustle, like looking for an opportunity. I actually found one with a fellow auxiliar who was working remotely for a company based in the States. And I got brought on to do writing. I was a blog writer for them. And then I got promoted into a full-time uh, employee doing uh, sales and marketing for them. And so that was one of the aspects. The other aspect was that I had been dating and in love with a Spaniard who was based in Barcelona. And so we decided to make our love <laughs> relationship official through a process that's called Pareja de Hecho. Um, it's one of the processes you can do Pareja de Hecho, you get married to then allow me to stay long-term in Spain through Tarjeta de Comunitaria, which was quite lovely for me. I'm always hesitant to tell people that because they're like, okay, so just find us a, a Spaniard. And I'm like, no, 
it's it's definitely not a visa strategy. Like it needs to be a legitimate relationship, um, which mine was. But that allowed me to stay in Spain and to even, I suppose, work in Spain. But I, I've actually never worked on the local economy as of yet. So that's how I stayed. But that's also how by getting a remote gig was how I was able to sustain myself here as well until I went back into entrepreneurship. And that has been such a wild, wild ride. Lovely. Well, let's talk a bit about that. Tell us about what you do, like what your business is and and how you help people. Yeah. So my business, I'm a business strategist. I've been a business strategist since I was in law school many, many years ago. That's actually where I got my start by being a legal fellow inside of an entrepreneurial incubator. And I'm just, I love it. It's, It's like the meeting of like personality and like life purpose. It's very cheesy that way. That's how I feel. <laughs> but, and so I, I help people, particularly black women and women of color. That's typically my clients really to take an idea, take their idea from strategy to launch, but more importantly, to really become a profitable entity. Now I work with clients who are starting off Uh, who are just have an idea and a wish. And I work with them inside of my group coaching that's called Build a Business Abroad. But I also work one-on-one or one to like an enterprise with my private clients I work with uh, on a quarterly retainer business, or excuse me, a quarterly retainer, uh, a quarterly retainer, yes. (laughs) And, And so what I do is for the entrepreneurs that are starting out, I help them to get clarity on their idea. And I really, really stress to my clients to lean in to their expertise. I think that's similar to moving abroad. When people go from maybe working in a corporate entity or working for someone else and deciding to become an entrepreneur, a lot of people want to like cut off their old life. I find that with people who move abroad too, like they'll be like, and you know, maybe not to like their parents and people they like, but like they'll just like, that was my old life. This is my new Spanish life. And I'm like, you can have some reoccurring characters from your past life in this new Spanish life. Like people can come and visit. You know, we we have FaceTime. But similarly with, with business, just because you've become an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you should or you need to cut off your past professional life. I also I often tell them like you actually have a business inside of you already. You don't need to necessarily try to mimic someone else. It's really the idea is within your capabilities right now. Don't throw away your past experience, your expertise, your network. Like that is prime ground to start a business. So it's all the things that you have been doing in the past, all the things that people have asked you to do, begged you to do, say, you're so good at this and all these things. Those things are the hints to you deciding on, you know, how you can monetize that and to really create a business. And the great thing about being having a business, right? I think a lot of people, maybe this is why they want to cut off their past professional life, is that you get to choose who you work with. So you don't have to worry about like, well, I had a toxic, you know, a situation with my past accountant firm. And you're like, well, you can be a really happy accountant and you don't have to work with the same people, right? And so I do it on that end. And then for my more advanced entrepreneurs, they're, you know, looking at, you know, really expanding their thought leadership. They're really looking at how to expand their brand and really create multiple streams of income. And so I help them to strategize and implement those 
types of um, building blocks and foundational blocks, how to build a team, how to really develop, you know, an operations manual for your business. That's what I do. I love it so much. It has been such a blessing in my life. And honestly, um, it's been so funny how I, I've done business strategy for many years before I moved to Spain even and got back into it. And then living in Spain and then having my own podcast has actually been such an interesting merging of my business because people have always wanted to know like, well, how do you sustain yourself abroad? And I'm like, oh, I work for myself. Well, how can I, how can I do that? And I, I love helping people because I think there's a lot of bogus advice out there on the internet. I think there's a lot of advice that makes it harder than it is. And I think there's a lot of advice that makes it seem like there's definitely some steps. <laughs> like there's definitely some things you need to think through for sure, especially if you're going to be having a business abroad and having a business abroad doesn't necessarily mean that you are registered abroad. It can mean that. Can still have your business registered in your home country. It can mean that you have clients in your new country. It can mean that you have a business that's completely directed to your home country, but you are operating it outside of your home country and how to do that. And you are depending upon it for your, you know, financial sustenance. <laughs> so it, it's such a I love it so much and it's it's such a whirlwind. And I I, I love helping people really step into them themselves because I also believe that entrepreneurship is a as a form of self-actualization. And so when you pair that with living abroad and living abroad being a pathway to wellness, I think it's just it's a really powerful shift of a paradigm, especially I think for women, I'll say American women, to be able to create a life of your own design, but also create a business of your own design that's going to support that lifestyle. I think it's amazing. And I can talk about it forever. I think it's amazing. I think you're amazing. I have so many questions. Well, I do want to go into what you just mentioned about living abroad as a pathway to wellness. If we could dive a little deeper into that, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that topic. And maybe you could give us some more examples of how you've done that in your own life. Oh, yeah. I love talking about this. Living abroad as a pathway to wellness. I first have to say, you know, wellness is not just bath bombs and crystals, although I love them all. I love them. I have crystals and I have bath bombs because a bath bomb does bring a certain something to a bath. I, I, I completely agree. But when I'm talking about wellness, I really mean holistic wellness, past green drinks, right? I'm talking about financial wellness. I'm talking about professional, mental, emotional, spiritual wellness, right? And so living abroad can be that pathway to wellness. Why? Well, because you are taking yourself outside of your cultural context, your, your societal norm and paradigm, and you're placing yourself in a completely different one. While also, as a foreigner, as an other, no matter where you go in the world, regardless if people look like you, kind of, or they don't, you're an other. <laughs> and no matter as much as you are respectful of a country and a culture, which everyone should be, um, you know, and maybe you try to assimilate, you will be othered. You are. And I think that it's actually quite powerful because the local community won't actually put a lot of societal expectations on you because they're like, well, you're not from here. And I think it's actually in that space, that space of being outside of your societal norms 
and also given the space to be other and to do things that people are like, well, you know, she's American. So, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. That actually gives you a lot of space to breathe, gives you a lot of space to decide on what is actually important to you. So if you're not inside your American paradigm, for example, where there are certain expectations or certain, you know, rungs to a ladder to climb and you're outside of that, like people don't have that same kind of expectation of you and you're in, you know, a culture, maybe like Spain and and you are not expected to necessarily have the exact same expectations and you're not expected to have the same achievements or badges of honors, then you get to decide what that actually means for you. But actually, to take it even further, living abroad creates radical present awareness. You, your head is always on swivel and for a long time, right? Like, you know, being here in Spain for now five years, my head is still like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> even having a fairly you know, good grasp of the language, you're like, wait, what is happening? This, there's an attention to your life that you didn't have before. Right. I think even with the most meditation that you could do, there's still parts of your life when you're in your home country, you are on automatic. You are zombie. You are you are walking through it and you are just you barely can even you you're barely even cognizant of what's happening. That's not the case when you're abroad, right? It it really isn't because there's always something that you're just not expecting because your assumptions that are based in your home countries, you know. Uh, society just aren't true here. No matter if you even share the same language, it's like it doesn't work out. You can't make these assumptions. And so you are in this space of radical awareness. You're super present to your life. And that is often where people, I think, resist, right? You're so present and things are so different or they're just not what you're expecting. So they complain and they're like, oh, I don't like this. But actually, that's the juicy part. That's actually where the wellness resides because it's in that present awareness that you decide and you, you're you aware of things being different. You're aware of the dissonance. Regardless if you want to surrender to a, a, a culture and you're like, I'm open, I'm open you're still gonna have some resistance because it's just different and it's just not how you're used to it. But by being super aware of it, you actually get to be faced with choices, choices that you haven't really been making in your life. Choices on you know everything from what to eat for breakfast because your normal cinnamon toast crunch isn't available to literally how you spend your time and who you spend your time with and what are the things that are important to you. It's actually in that dissonance, in that resistance that you're really aware of that that's where the that's where the the wellness resides, because you get to then consciously and intentionally choose to be curious and to choose another way of life or at least to try it on. Right. They don't have Captain Crunch. So let me try this. What do you call it? Oh, pan con tomate. Okay, let's try that. Your mind might be blown and it might seem silly, but. It's in these little choices that actually compound into a a whole life and definitely a life of wellness. So, for example, for me, you know, I don't have a car in Spain, which is great. So I was like, Atlanta traffic is horrible. I don't want to deal with that. But, you know, I I go and I go to the store and I got to have like my little cart and I got to start making decisions. Right. (laughs) I got to start making decisions 
questions on what am I going to actually buy? Because I got to drag this cart all the way to my house. And when I was in Barcelona, I had a, uh, I was on the third floor of a walk up and anyone who knows about Spain, third floor is really fourth floor. <laughs> you start making decisions like, am I strong enough to carry all these things up these stairs? Do I even need these things, right? So that might sound silly, but it, you start to, to decide on the things that you buy and how you consume things it really starts really changing how you live your life and what's important to you. Also on the kind of theme of consumerism, you know, Amazon.es, the Spanish Amazon is not popping like the American uh, Amazon. And, you know, to get things from America and all these other places, there's import tax, there's customs and things like that. And you got to really think about, do I really need this? Do I? And it might be really aggravating because you saw it on you know Instagram and your friend has it and they it's all cute. But do you really need it? No. Or I'm not willing to fight with Correos to get it out of customs. Like, no, I'm not willing to. And so these little, these little choices in the dissonance, in the resistance, in the sometimes angst that you start making different decisions that really do compound and really do affect your wellness. Right. And so I really am passionate about this topic because I find it to be really life changing. But also, I feel like if you consider living abroad as a pathway to wellness, not as in just changing my geographic location and, you know, sitting in a hammock and drinking a Mai Tai, like I'm going to feel better. But if you start really thinking about it from a holistic sense, like professionally, what do I want? Well, I want to have a, I want to, I want to live in a culture where, you know, I work with my colleagues and it's very convivial and it's really nice. And, you know, it's quite lovely. Well, you're going to get that in Spain for sure. But you also might work from like eight, nine to seven because the work culture and the work schedule is quite long uh, with long breaks and siesta and lunch. And so there's that, right? There's a resistance. There's a dissonance there where you're like, wait, I didn't sign up for this. Like, why can't we just get our work done? Well, because the culture is, is of such where they want to be together. And there's this sense of we need to be together and see each other and, and have that kind of camaraderie. You get a lot of festivals and holidays off. So there's that. Uh, if you get an indefinite contract, it's really hard to get fired. And you may even get a severance package for all types of jobs, not just even corporate jobs. You know, if you get fired, there's that balance. Right. But also it's making you consider a different way to live, a different consideration on what is important and how am I willing to change how I'm thinking about it, change my um, habits change my expectations to, to live that. And I, I just find it super fantastic. And I could talk about it all day. I am 100% with you there on that part of the curiosity um, and just creating the life that you want. I actually uh, spoke about this at Google Campus in Madrid and wrote about this. Uh, my piece was a reinvention and act of becoming who you're meant to be. And I feel like, yeah, definitely I had those same feelings in the sense that moving abroad gives you that opportunity to play with your identity because you can try different things. You can, you know, you're removed from your comfort zone and removed from who you think you are and who the people you know perceive you as. And you're kind of on your own in this new environment 
where no one actually really knows you. So you can try on different identities and try on different things that maybe you wouldn't have done in your comfort zone. And I think by doing that, you know, making these different decisions, having these different experiences abroad, I think through all of those steps that we become more of, of who we are and we give ourselves permission to change in ways that maybe we were holding ourselves back from in our previous society, especially when it comes to those societal norms and those expectations that are not only external, but internal too. A hundred percent. I completely agree with you. I think, I think it also requires us to get brave, right? Yes. To, to get it, to go against the grain and be like, I understand what your expectation for me and my life is, but this is my life and I'm going to live it with my full and complete chest. I'm going to say the things I want to say and live my life the way I want to live. And I mean, I think it's a little bit easier sometimes when you do have a little bit of like geographic distance to be like, yes, but I think it becomes, I think it becomes easier and easier to stand up for yourself um, and in what you want, because, you know, as you know, uh, living abroad is a hassle. <laughs> like living abroad is a, it's a hassle. It's uh, it's not the easiest. It's not like a, you know, flip of the switch kind of thing. And so you want to be intentional about it, but also you want to get in the act of cultivating a life well-lived, whatever that means for you. Like you should be curious. Like you said, like you should be curious and you should want to put your hands in this new soil and drop these new seeds and reap this new harvest of your own design for this life, you know, that, that you've decided that you want it. You should want to. So, I mean, I don't want people to think like, oh, more work. <laughs> you mean I'm going to go abroad it's going to be more work? It's like, yeah, definitely. Having a life on your own terms is going to be work, but it is so, so satisfying. It is so rewarding to live a life that you say, this is right. This is for me. I am content. I have joy. This works for me, right? And not you trying to fake it and then wonder why you're unhappy <laughs> and and why and wonder why you have a you know an unending kind of intangible sense of dread i think it's worth it it's worth putting your hands in that soil and cultivating that life Definitely. Ah, oh, so beautifully put. And I'll just remind our listeners, I don't think I've talked about this for a while, but she hit refresh came from, you know, being curious, trying different things, trying new things. You know, I she hit refresh started because I started a uh, vegetarian food blog in Madrid in 2016. Had I ever written before? Nope. Was I a blogger? Nope. Um, and I just, I don't know, this idea came to me of documenting different vegetarian restaurants in Madrid because I couldn't find that resource. And so I thought, why don't I just do that? So starting that blog ended up into me starting a community for bloggers because I wanted to meet other people, other creatives in Madrid like myself to learn from them. Starting that community gave me the confidence to build this community called She Hit Refresh. And then by using, you know, those skills that I built in, uh, in writing, in social media, I had learned how to do that so I could start promoting my vegetarian food blog. Taking all those skills took me down this journey of She Hit Refresh. And that's all to say, like, I never would have got to She Hit Re Refresh if I wouldn't have tapped into that curiosity of wanting to write 
write about vegetarian food in Madrid. So it was really important, I think, when you go abroad to give yourself permission to, to try different things because you just never know where those curiosities will lead to. And I like to remind people like those curiosities are coming to you, at least I believe for a reason. You know, not everybody in Madrid is getting the idea to write about vegetarian food, but I was. And so that was an idea that kept popping up for me. And I'm so glad that I gave it the life that it needed uh, because it has led me to where I am today. Yes, I love that. I completely resonate with that. I think too often, I'll say again for American culture, we are taught these notions that we get, these downloads, these urges, you know, these inklings. We're we're taught to discount them. Like, oh, that's silly. I wonder why I had that silly thought. That's weird. You know, that doesn't fall into this alignment of, you know, corporate success or what my parents expect from me. And those things are there for you to help you evolve as a person. Not everything has to be monetized, okay? I am a business strategist, but I don't think everything has to be monetized. Like, oh, can you make money out of it? Some of it is just there to help you evolve into your next iteration of yourself, to meet a friend eventually, or maybe a business partner, or just for you to express yourself in a way that you haven't been able to express yourself to have an a chance encounter with an activity that will just blow your mind and change your life but give you so much love and 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 and, and a community and that's what's so fascinating about being abroad I think honestly I think we probably give ourselves maybe a little bit more leeway to do that I hope that we do um, because it is Quite fantastic. So please, everyone, if you have a nudge, don't discount it. And don't also expect it to be like perfect and beautiful. It's going to be janky because it's supposed to be like, just have fun and let it evolve. Exactly. Of course, it's going to be janky. You're doing something you've never done before. You're not going to be great at it. You have to do it to, to be great. And maybe being great isn't even the outcome that you need to strive for. And I love what you said about not everything has to have like a monetary connection to it. You know, just going back to when I was talking about writing the vegetarian food blog and having my uh, community of bloggers, I, people were telling me to monetize that for, for years, the community. And it just wasn't, that's not what it was about. But I received so much more than what money could give me by fostering, like you said, community connections. I learned it was, you know, a path of growth for me. And so you don't, not everything that you do has to make you money. Sometimes you just need to enjoy the process. All right. So um, I would love to hear your advice about, you know, for someone who maybe has moved abroad and they're trying to flourish in the foreign, like your podcast, uh, what advice do you have for them on how can they cultivate a life well-lived abroad? Yeah, if you are already abroad and you are, you know, excited still, but you might be feeling some of the feelings that a lot of people feel when they're abroad, you might be feeling like a little bit ashamed because you're like, it's great, but I don't feel like it's great all the time. <laughs> or or like, I feel weird complaining to like my friends and family because I was so gung-ho and moving and all these things. It might not be hitting the way you thought it was going to be, Right. I think that this is really important. Journal, journal, journal. And I know some people are going to roll their eyes like journaling, great. But you know why people keep on saying that? It's because it works. Journaling works because you have the opportunity to be super honest with yourself. So pull out a piece of paper, get a pen, and take it, I think, section by section of your life, really. Take it about finances and be like, what's working and what's not working in my life? 
right? Make a column of those things. Like, this is really great. This really sucks. And then once you've done that for the things that are working, then take another column, like split it into another one and say, which one of these things are external? Which one of these things are internal? Like external being, these are things that are affected by my environment and that I don't really have that much control over. And how much of this stuff is internal? That's just me and, and my baggage, <laughs> you know, and, and things that are just, that's just how I operate. I think it's really important to do that. So take it section by section. I would do, you know, financial, professional, emotional, mental. I actually have a whole kind of guide that does this. It's called Moving Abroad with Intention. So you can get that at the website, flourishandforeign.com. But it's really important that you write this out pen to paper and get really honest about the things that are working for you and not working for you and your reasons why. Why is this so crucial? Because you need to understand where you are so that you can actually get to where you want to go, which is to be happy or thriving, to sustain yourself abroad, right? You're like, this is great, but how do I, how do I keep on living this life? Get really clear about where you are now and, and what is working, what's not working. I think it's, it's really, really important to do that. Once you start doing that, I think assessing the things that are external, that's like, especially that's not working, that's really interesting information. If you're already broad, that might contribute to you deciding on a different city or a different country and things like that. You're like, actually, this experience is great, but this is actually giving me clarity as to really what I'm looking for, maybe values in a culture or amenities in a city. Like I need to be able to do these things, right? I need to have this kind of support. Now, the things that are internal though, is really important to look at. And it's usually the stuff that we don't want to look at and we don't want to admit. And guess what? You don't have to tell anyone that you're doing this exercise, but you need to definitely be honest with yourself because why would we lie to ourselves in our journal? Like, absolutely not. Sacred space. But look at the things that are internally not working for you. And that is something that needs to be examined, right? So before in our conversation, I talked about I moved abroad so I could have, you know, a respite from burnout, but it didn't necessarily work out that way because I wasn't super intentional and I had to do more work. Like just moving to Spain, drinking wine wasn't going to just do it for me. And I think that is important for you to know about yourself as well. What is going on that needs to be addressed? Now, living abroad can create the space and the time and maybe even free up the resources for you to do that internal work, but you, your internal work will not be magically done by, you know, getting a little foreign tenderoni, a local tenderoni, you know, like Stella got her groove back. No, that's not gonna happen. Like that's not gonna do it. It's not gonna be about like drinking wine on a Italian terrace, a Spanish terrace, a French terrace. It's not going to do that. And what you'll find is that if you don't actually get really honest about what's going on with, within you, about your baggage, your stuff, you know, the stuff that you don't want to admit to. We don't want to ever admit to because it's ugly. And you're like, oh, I like all these other things about me. Let's not talk about that. If you don't address that, you will call in the exact same situations and cycles that you are trying to escape from 100%. 
you don't believe me, go to any expat forum and you hear people complain about certain things. You're just like, oh, because that's who you were in your home country. And that's why this is happening to you. It's very interesting. I mean, I've I've even seen it where, you know, people have have called in very similar toxic, you know, romantic relationships. It's just the difference is, is that this person has a, an accent that's different from them. Right? <laughs> like, that's about it. So it's important that if you're looking to thrive abroad and sustain a life well lived, or even to figure out what does that even look like for yourself, you've got to get to know yourself in a deep and profound way. This is not the time for generalizations, right? It's time to be really specific. Like for my my, uh, business strategy clients, I tell them, you know, give me a number. Like, what kind of revenue do you want to make? And they're like, I want to have a six-figure business. And I'm like, no, that's the wrong answer. That's the exact, that's wrong. You know why it's wrong? Because six figures is $100,000 to $999,000. Like, those are two different businesses, okay? Those are not the same businesses, right? They could be selling the same product, but like the operations of what that business is, to call in that kind of money from $100,000 to $999,000 is actually, it's different. Something is different, right? It's the same way with your life. Do not say, uh, write down, I don't want it. I want to be happy. What do you talk? What does happiness mean to you? What does that mean to you? And that's why I like to frame it with wellness because I'm like, what is your definition of financial wellness? What is your definition for emotional wellness? What are you going to Google it? No. What is your definition? What is What does that mean to you? Or what needs to happen in your life? How do you need to feel? What are the habits that you need to acquire? Or who are the people that are in your life for you to feel that way? This is not a time for generalizations. And I think living abroad makes it really clear that generalizations, they're not it. Like you need to be specific. <laughs> Because living abroad, moving abroad is too much of a hassle for you to be like, you know, I just want to be on a beach and have a drink in my hand. You could be on a beach in Maine with a drink in your hand. You could be at a beach. There's a lot of places with beaches. Be specific and be curious. And I find that sometimes people don't want to be specific or curious. They don't want to go there because they're afraid to actually say the things that they really want in their life. They're afraid to admit to themselves the things that they really desire or how about even require because maybe their current life doesn't reflect their actual standards, their actual requirements for life, for for community, for friendship, for romantic partnership, for work life, right? And And I think this is the time to get really, really clear, get really honest. It might hurt. You know, that's part of life and being honest with yourself, introspection, but you don't have to live there. Admitting it to yourself is the first step. You don't have to live there. You get to actually then see if this is where I am now, then I know where I want to go. I know what's actually in alignment. And then you'll start making choices that are in alignment with that. If you're getting ready to go abroad or if you're already abroad and you're like, this is not working for me. And it might be hard. You might feel ashamed. You might feel like people are going to think, they're always going to think, you know, they're going to think about it, you, and then they're going to think about somebody who's famous on Instagram. Like they're always going to have thoughts. 
<laughs> they're always gonna have judgments. But this is your life and you are not living your life for public consumption. You're living it for you, right? So it's super, super important for you to get clear, 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 clear and honest. And it might, again, it might be painful. I know for me, it was quite painful for me, for me to be like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think I want to live like this, right? Like for me, it was, I, I, I want to live in a city that is calm and peaceful and really a sense of community. For me, Barcelona was wonderful for my time there. Maybe I'll go back, but I had to be honest, even though I knew all the people and I was all, you know, I knew all the places. I needed to be honest about what I needed in this chapter of my life what I needed for my wellness. I needed to take a, you know, I needed to bet on myself and I needed to make a move. And so I did, you know, these changes and these, these admissions aren't like death sentences. Like you don't have to always, <laughs> you don't always have to, you know, it's not always like made in, in stone, but you owe it to yourself to be curious about your life and you owe it to yourself to follow what your heart's desire really is. And you owe it to yourself to be curious about yourself, right? And not just nosy about, you know, people on Instagram. You, you owe it to yourself to also put in the effort to cultivate a life of your own design. You know, a lot of us have put in a lot of effort to create a life that was acceptable to our parents, to society or whoever's expectations. You owe it to yourself to put in that effort for you. And guess what? Ugh, you, you, you might not know what you're doing. That's fine. <laughs> no one said you had to be like a, a master, you know, I don't know, cultivator, but you owe it to yourself to fumble and bumble, be shaky in the general direction of your heart's desire in the general direction of your wellness and your happiness. Oof. I hope the listeners out there are taking notes because Christina's dropping that life-changing advice. I loved everything that you said and I got some goosebumps through that. So thank you so much, Christine. Um, so we are getting close to the end here, but I would love to know how hitting refresh has changed you and what you've learned about yourself along this journey. Yeah, hitting refresh has completely changed my life. I had the opportunity to decide who I wanted to be, which was overwhelming at first because it's like, oh, anyone? Anyone. Oh wow. You know, who who will I choose? So it's it's allowed me to create that sense of identity rooted in really what I want, but also it's been Quite marvelous with all the people that I've, I've I've met uh, who live in Spain and who are visiting Spain and just uh, around the world. But honestly, I think the biggest thing for me hitting refresh has allowed me to expand who who I am professionally and and how I even consider myself professionally. So, like I said before, you know, I have a background in law. I'm a business strategist, so very analytical, but also, you know, as a podcaster now, I'm a creative. And it's even weird for me to say I'm a creative. It makes me feel uncomfortable, but I am. And it's allowed me to express myself and delve into storytelling in a way that I definitely would not have given myself permission to do so. And by 
having the space to do so and the time to to explore that i've i don't know i've i've tapped into something that is deeply deeply meaningful for me it's given me uh, an added purpose in my life and now i can't even imagine not living this life not knowing these fantastic women and and people around the world that i call friends and dear friends some people i haven't even met in real life right hitting refresh was just completely instrumental and it's scary you know very similar to you know when your computer acts up and you're like oh my gosh am i gonna hit refresh and lose all my work and all this stuff but guess what you don't lose all your work you don't lose all the work you just get to you get a clean slate to move on from right you're really just giving yourself permission to say that was an interesting chapter i'm going to do something different and that decision of deciding to do something different and give yourself that permission can really rock your world in ways that you couldn't even imagine. I would have never have thought I would have ever called myself a creative five years ago, let alone three years ago. I would have never thought I would call myself a podcaster or storyteller. Like what? <laughs> I would have never thought that, you know, I would be visiting, you know, friends in Singapore and Rwanda and Colombia, like all these people. I would have never have thought that. And it's amazing what betting on yourself and trusting life and trusting the beginnings of, of things, right, can do for you. It's been wonderful. Yes, it's been wonderful. And you're just getting started. So thank you so much for sharing with us. For anyone who's listening who'd like to connect with you and find out more information, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me via my podcast, Flourish in the Foreign. It is a podcast that showcases the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad while also exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. You can listen to it on all major platforms. You can also listen to it at the website, flourishintheforeign.com. You can follow on YouTube and on Twitter at Flourish Foreign and on Facebook at Flourish Foreign. And you can also tap into the YouTube content, youtube.com slash, oh, I don't know if the slash is Flourish in the Foreign. Just tap that into YouTube and there you go. Fabulous. And I'll be sure to drop all those links in the show notes so our listeners can connect with you. Well, Christine, this was such a pleasure. I fully enjoyed learning more about you. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you so, so much for this amazing platform. Thank you so much for creating this community. I, I see the impact that you are having on all of these incredible people's lives. And so just thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for betting on yourself. We, we all appreciate you very much. Thank you so much, woman. Thanks again. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you took the time to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. The reviews really help more refreshers out there find us. And don't forget, if you're looking to move to Europe, pick up my digital book, I'm Out of Here, an American's ultimate visa guide to living in Europe. And you can find it on our website at shehitrefresh.com. And last, if you're a woman aged 30 years and up looking to hit refresh, please join us in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash shehitrefresh.com.